Welcome to the Looking Ahead podcast, where we go inside the minds of tech leaders and luminaries to understand the futures they envision. Hosted by a head CTO, Eric Kaplan. Today's guest is VMware CEO, Pat Gelsinger. Eric and Pat discuss a mix of topics, ranging from the impact of work from home on one's business and personal life to how Tanzu can shape the future of software development. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome. Very excited to have you on the show today. And uh, for all our guests today, Pat Gelsinger, CEO of VMware. Uh, Pat, first and foremost, how are you doing? Uh, how's the last three months treated you? And uh, any thoughts that uh, you can share with uh, the audience? Well, thank you, Eric. Great to spend some time with you. Uh, our partnership, uh, talk about ahead, some of the joint topics in the industry. So thanks for the opportunity. You know, we're doing well healthy, safe kids, grandkids in the area. So we're, we're pretty happy uh, with that. Uh, have uh, been, uh, you know, when was the last time that I was home for 13 weeks without getting on an airplane? It's like 30 years. Right. You know? My wife is like, oh, I like this. Uh, <laughs> you know, today, my granddaughter, she brought some muffins that she and Grammy made together into my study earlier today. So we're like, uh, this is pretty good. So we're, we're doing just fine that way. And obviously VMware, uh, you know, we flipped to work at home basically over a weekend, right. right? We made the decision on Friday, the 28th, a couple of weeks before, you know, shutdown started. And uh, by uh, Tuesday, the next week, we had a 15,000 person sales kickoff that went off flawlessly. And now we are underway in work from home. Does this make you think a little bit differently about, uh, you, you know, you just mentioned traveling was obviously a big component of your career and your job. Does it make you think, well, maybe this is being tested at a broader scale, but that this will uh, change your priorities in terms of travel looking forward and where you have to be and when you'll get on an airplane next? Yeah, let me maybe answer that at maybe three different levels, Eric. You know, one is how does it affect the world? You know, businesses, et cetera, right? You know, how does it affect us, VMware, and finally how it, how it affects me, right? And, you know, the first one is, and I'll say, you know, I've been on lots of settings. I'm part of the business council, uh, talked to hundreds of CEOs, and I'll say almost every single one has said they haven't seen any negative impact on efficiency and getting the job done and mostly positive, yeah. right? You know, which is pretty stunning. You know, our IT systems, our ability to adjust rapidly, we're like, wow, this has gone pretty well in that respect. So I'll say first thing, you know, the industry has been able to make this adjustment. And as I've described it, the new normal, we're not going back, right? It sort of says then the next piece, is you know how are we going to keep doing this at VMware and you know we're shifting policies for you know increasing amounts of distributed workforce you know maybe you don't need to fight traffic five days a week maybe one day a week is just fine yeah. or one week a month right you know you can have a better quality of life uh, that way and uh, you know maybe you can live closer to parents or other things that you know allow you to you know have less carbon footprint you know uh, better house location less uh, traffic, give you more time back. So let's say we, we believe that to be the case. In fact, I expect that I'm going to close about 50 small offices this year wow. right? and redesign our core offices to be less of hotels for offices 
and more for collaboration hubs, right? So we're you know making that shift because I do think it'll be a permanent shift, and I think we'll double or triple. You know, going from maybe 20 to 50 or 60 percent of those who are primarily working from home or distributed workforce of our population. You know, and for me personally, hey, you know, I'm anxious to get back on the road. You know, as I was joking to one of my team meetings, is I just need a hug, right? <laughs> you know, uh, as well. But I do think that you know the idea of big events and the need to be face to face to get work done will diminish. However, the value of face-to-face -face for relationship building, I don't think changes all that much. And when I have a relationship with Eric, hey, we can get together and get stuff done. But if I've never met you before, boy, I just really sit, like to sit down and have dinner with you before you know, we, we have it. And I think that aspect of relationship, the other aspect is maybe innovation cycles. Right, you know, where you're just rapid fire at the whiteboard interacting on things. And, you know, I think those sort of aspects, relationship and real innovation collaboration are those that, boy, I, I don't think like anything, right, remote will right. quite replicate uh, that anytime uh, soon. Yeah, I'm a total believer. And sometimes you just got to push through something and being face to face is the most productive way of doing that. But I'll tell you, I used to be a going to the office five days a week, drop, fight the Chicago traffic. <laughs> and like, I'm, there's no doubt I'll be in a hybrid world moving forward of maybe two days yeah. a week downtown, three days a week here. And I think just the time that people will buy back is huge for yeah. themselves, their families, mm -hmm. uh, and their productivity at work. Yeah, I've told my uh, leadership team, I'm going to be in the office one day a week till the end of the year, right? And I'm not going to tell you which day. <laughs> Good, keep them on their toes. Um, so maybe just zooming out for a bit, uh, you know, I've tracked and been involved with VMware for a long, long time. And it's been exciting to see VMware, you know, start out as a really server virtualization company, very infrastructure focused. If we fast forward to today, we talk about end user computing, there's storage, there's networking, there's um, you know, the acquisition recently of Pivotal that, that was just made and the developer focus. So maybe you could spend a few minutes you know, just diving into a minute where you're taking VMware, the vision at hand, and how you see all these you know, business units and capabilities that you bring mm -hmm. to the table kind of coming together. Yeah. And, you know, we, we described in a sentence what we said is we want to be the digital infrastructure for our customers' digital transformation. We do that by helping you build, run, manage, connect, and protect any app on any cloud for any device. So that's sort of the summary statement. But if we tease that apart a little bit, help you build any application, Right, which is very much a Tanzu statement. Yeah. Right, and I'm, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Help you run it on any cloud, right? You know, and that's in your data centers, turning those into proper clouds, automation. Sort of the rule of the cloud is ruthlessly automate everything. Yeah, right? we you say know, relentless cloud. automation. <laughs> right, right, but also being able to do that on any public cloud and harness the power of these hyperscalers. Uh, as they continue to grow, being a uh, help you to manage those environments, and particularly all the devices, workspace one, being able to connect, manage, deploy, upgrade, patch, help you secure, 
right? Which, you know, with our intrinsic security strategy, as I've described it there, you know, the industry for security is a broken industry. Too many point products, way too much expense, way too hard to operationalize and much too little security. So build it into the app environment and into the infrastructure intrinsically so you don't have yet another thing to be adding and operationalizing. It's just built into what you're already doing. And then finally, this complete end-to-end -end connectivity to the edge, to the WAN, the bank transformation, transform the networks uh, inside of the data centers. And those five together, build, run, manage, connect, protect, you know, we're uniquely positioned to go do those. And you know, VMware today, we're about $11 billion, 32,000 employees, 10,000 software engineers, you know, acquiring you know, organically as well as inorganic innovation, uh, doing on average over the last five years, two billion of acquisitions per year. You know, just announced the latest one last week with Octarine. Got a couple awesome. more in the pipe. Couple more in the pipeline. You know, we're not done. We, you know, very much this passionate, innovative company because stuff ain't slowing down, and we want our customers to be able to look at VMware and our partners and be able to say, I trust them, I like them. Every penny I invest in them yields unexpected returns into the future. Right? You know, the values of who they are as a company. Those are folk I want to work with. Uh, into the future. So that's the company that we're off to build. And you know, we're on a great journey. And I said, hey, I'm going to double the company again. We're off to be the next $20 billion software company and we're well on our way. That's awesome. You mentioned Tanzu a minute ago. Obviously, a huge effort over the last couple of years to pull that together. Uh, coming from a place where virtual machines, uh, VMware obviously, mm -hmm brought that to market and, and really dominated that piece of the industry. Give us a little peek behind the scenes of how uh, containers became a first class citizen inside VMware. Yeah. Uh, obviously acquired Heptio as I managed and uh, brought some of the founders along with you. But how does that, is that a, this is a no brainer thing, is that a, a lot of you know back and forth internally of our containers going to make it aren't they like yeah. what's what happened behind the curtains when yeah. you, when all this was happening inside VMware yeah and think of you know the way I like to think about it is Eric is what was the last great software abstraction for the developer twenty years ago Java yeah right and you know when we think about containers and Kubernetes we think about it through that lens. It's the next great software abstraction that has unity consensus of the software industry. And if my name were Scott, and this was 20 years ago that we were doing this discussion, right? You know, it'd be Scott McNeely and I'd be saying Java, Java, Java. Of course. In fact, humorously, Eric, I can see Scott's house from where I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you know, he's a neighbor of mine uh, here in California. But fast forward 20 years, Kubernetes and containers is that unifying consensual view of where the industry is going. Super excited about the Heptio acquisition because they were the creators of Kubernetes. You know, they were the founders, the architects, and really the right this careful balance of bringing the industry along in the open source community at the same time that uh, we have to go build a real commercial offering that people can build upon. 
So, you know, we've grabbed Kubernetes with all of our might and we says, we're going to do three things with Kubernetes, right? One is we're going to transform the pivotal services to become Kubernetes and container centric. Pivotal started before Kubernetes, building Kubernetes. It wasn't invented yet. (laughs) So fast forward, boom, you know, we're on Kubernetes. Uh, And that's what we're doing. Secondly, we're going to manage multi-cloud Kubernetes, right? And there it's sort of saying, hey, we're going to give you a consistent management portfolio that allows you to run it on Google Cloud, Azure Cloud, your private cloud, right? You know, your, you know, Right. You know, so you as a developer or an infrastructure team got to say, OK, we're going to be able to take advantage of these resources wherever we choose to run our Kubernetes clusters and pods. The third thing we're going to do is we're going to make VMs versus containers a non-discussion because we're going to build containers and Kubernetes directly into vSphere. You're not going to be able to tell whether that's running in a VM or a container because we're going to make them the same. And this solves two very powerful right points of uh, challenge or uh, pain for customers one is oh i got to stand up new infra to run containers oh my gosh right. new, you got to be kidding me and we just say hey all of it runs vms and containers it doesn't make any difference secondly oh i got to go rebuild my apps to go run in containers and microservices oh Right, that's a lot of hard work. I would say, no, you don't got to, because now you can choose to build your apps as you want to and refactor them when there's good business reason to do so. So this solves an app problem and it solves a run problem for a customer. So very, very powerful answer. And taking all of that together, helping you build, helping you manage, helping you run, that's the Tanzu value proposition. And we're super excited about it. And uh, hey, you know, I. You know, I'm uh, 3,000 plus people working on this problem today. So, wow. you know, we're we're at scale and our commitments here. In fact, you know, VMware is now the number two Kubernetes contributor in the community. And I expect that we're going to pass Google to become the number one contributor to the Kubernetes open source uh, initiative. Is that an internal goal of yours? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know me well enough, Eric, that when I set a goal for something, we usually get it done. Well, we'll hit that in a minute. But um, I, I think, you know, what, what I see from our customers is one, you know, they want, they don't want to be in the manage of build, in the business of managing and building clusters themselves. Um, you know, and I think we saw during the OpenStack era where mm-hmm. everyone was, uh, you know, science project of their own, um, that's not a good use of most enterprises time and effort. So seeing VMware come in and uh, harden Kubernetes, make it available to the common IT infrastructure um, and apps team is I think gonna be a huge win. And then what we also saw is the proliferation of clusters in different Mm -hmm. parts of the enterprise. And once they're out there, they're hard to get back. Um, and so with mission control and, and the effort of kind of being able to manage these clusters at scale and not having to really know all the, the details of each provider or endpoint, I think it's going to be a big win for most of the enterprise as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're super excited about it. We just, you know, we did the announcement at VMworld last year in August. Uh, we just went GA on all of the uh, product. 
pieces as part of the vision, good response. And obviously, it's still early. You know, Kubernetes sure. itself is an immature technology, and we are working to harden it. I like that word, uh, Eric, as rapidly as we can. And some of the APIs are still a little bit, you know, they're just settling in CNCF, the standards community sure. for uh, Kubernetes. But I think within year, year and a half, everybody's going to say, oh, I can run Kubernetes at scale. VMware made that happen. And their partners are now delivering against this uh, vision at scale. I, I believe this is uh, the most important technology that we're involved in, you know, at this phase of the industry. Yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's exciting. It's a, another generation that, uh, you know, I think we're just at the beginning of in terms of rolling it out and educating customers. So uh, I think the next two years or so is going to be pretty impactful. Um, you mentioned, you know, the acquisitions you've recently done. You bought Carbon Black last year um, on the security side. And I think we'd all agree that uh, if you put up the vendor landscape of security tools out there it's it's mind-blowing um and then obviously you continue to spend billions of dollars on organic r d you know as you look at where you're investing what excites you most in the portfolio today not to uh pick favorites amongst your uh -huh. children but uh you know what are you guys you know not to give away something that isn't out yet, but where do you get excited as, you know, Pat Gelsinger um, beyond, yeah. you know, you just talked about the investments in Tanzu and containers, but uh, a lot of just huge endeavors with NSX and um, the management tools and the security portfolio. Uh, any mm -hmm. thoughts you care to share on just overall investments in R&D? Yeah, you know, there's there's a number of things, and you know, being a techie for 40 years now, sort of scary to say that out loud, yeah. uh, Eric. But I began at Intel 40 years ago, and you know, a couple of things that are going on that I am really excited about. One is you touch on the security landscape, and uh, before you know, I'm in the board meeting getting approval for the Carbon Black acquisition, I said, "It's the last thing I do in my career. I'm going to fix the security industry." And uh, one of the board members looked at me and he says, hmm, that might be the last thing that you do in your career. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't Michael Dow. <laughs> but, you know, it's a broken industry and it needs to be transformed. And we want to be a force that transforms it. And I'm excited about the fact that, you know, this ability to, you know, we're, we'll soon be launching Carbon Black in vSphere, an agentless ability to be managing you know, and securing VMs and containers. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Being able to connect that up to the network and, and application behavior, right? Oh, that's pretty interesting. As we build Carbon Black into NSX, we build it into Workspace ONE, you know, because we truly said, hey, we are out to displace, you know, take your list. I mean, we're out to displace, you know, traditional firewall vendors, load balancer vendors, traditional endpoint uh, AV, you know, there's a rotting dead carcass that needs to go, right? You know, the you know, ability to integrate this from an end-to-end -end analytics uh, perspective, leveraging some of the AI techniques that we, you know, just acquire Niansa and, you know, bringing those into that core platform. So that's one that, you know, we are out on, I'll say, a noble mission, right, you know, for the industry. You know, that I think is pretty powerful. So quite excited about that. Um, 
you know, I think this whole space, companies went from having 100 campuses to 10,000 campuses overnight. Sure. Right. And the implications of that for employee productivity, connectivity, security, big deal. Obviously, that gives us, you know, leveraging Workspace ONE and what we're doing for end user, what we're doing in the intrinsic security, as I just discussed, but also the whole position of VeloCloud, SD-WAN, right? I'm really just saying, boom, you know, I remotely, right? And I, and I get management, I get security, I get quality of service wherever I am. Wow, that's pretty exciting, right? <laughs> as you say, this distributed enterprise uh, occurs. You know, so that's, that's one we're excited about. I'm also, uh, you know, last year we talked about Project Magna, right, which is bringing AI into the automation of the infrastructure itself. And uh, we're now getting some very impressive results where literally, and this is a vSAN example, but we have the self-optimizing Magna engine optimizing for the running workload in the vSAN array, right? And you're sort of like, oh, Right, you know, how big should those block sizes be? You know, should we be buffering more or less? Right, should we be optimizing for read or write latency? You know, all this, you know, uh, I'll say this, you know, you know, black art of storage. The knobs and dials we're used to dealing with. Yeah, we're, we're now doing that with AI. And we're getting fabulous results. And we're gonna say, we're just gonna just turn us on and we'll do it for you, right? You know, my dream would be that, you know, first we call you instead of you calling us, right? We're saying, hey, here's the five next things that are gonna break. And then instead of us calling you, we're gonna say, here's the four of the five that we just fixed on your behalf over the weekend, right? We patched them, upgraded them, you know, we did all that operations for you, right? You know, and here's the one we can't do, right? We need your help. Yeah, we need your help on. Somebody needs to go in the data center and flip the switch. And it enables our customers, and this is where the Tanzu story to me becomes so powerful, because every day that you're spending looking down the stack, as opposed to looking up at applications and business, you know, that's what we want to enable, that we allow our customers' resource to spend more time looking up at applications and more time up at the business value that they can deliver. That's awesome. One thing I hear a lot about when I talk to executives is obviously cost, especially in these day, this day and age. You look at, you know, you guys brought on Cloud Health as well. Mm -hmm. What are you guys? What are you hearing from CIOs in terms of, especially in you know times like we're in right now, where mm -hmm. every dollar is being looked at? Are you seeing additional uh, demand and traction and wanting to not only see what how and how resources are being used on premises, but then mm -hmm. up into the you know hyperscalers, the public cloud providers, and there being an added level of kind of scrutiny around cost right now. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a couple of thoughts there, Eric. One is, you know, I believe that COVID is an accelerant for digital transformation. Me too. Right. So, right, you know, it's just going to say, oh. Boom, you know, I need to do these projects. I got work from home. I have to turn efficiency, you know, I need, right, you know, to improve WAN performance. All, you know, all of those things become accelerants. Industries that couldn't transform now are being forced to transform over days or weeks. Now, in that, obviously, 
you know, if GDP gets hit by 20% in Q2, right, sort of, you know, the general economic impact, right, I believe that IT will get affected, but less than GDP. Maybe IT gets affected 10%, right? It, it'll be down, and then software and cloud will be down less. So, and I believe there are several points between GDP, tech spending, and software and cloud. And I, you know, but nobody, if the market goes down 20%, nobody is not affected, right? Everybody gets affected. And then the CIO needs to come in and say, huh, which projects, so I'm being affected less, digital transformation is more important, but I need to look at all of my priorities, yeah. right? Because all of a sudden, hey, I got 20,000 work from home people. Okay, these priorities are way more important than, hmm, could have I lived on the ERP for another six months? Yeah, I could have, right? You know, so I think everybody's going to be juggling their priorities inside of a somewhat trimmed budget. And against that, anything that helps save money and transform faster is higher value in that list. So I think the value proposition of virtualization has always been a cost and efficiency dynamic. Uh, we believe we can do more of that in the network, more of that with hyper-converged infrastructure, more effect to leverage the cloud. We do see that more subscription and SaaS right, is the general direction, and that will also be accelerated uh, in this period of time. But you know, collectively, our objective, and I've called it internally, I've called it faster to the future. Right? We're going to embrace this crisis, like Winston Churchill said, never waste a good crisis. We got a good one. <laughs> Embracing it, get to that future uh, faster and be stronger right, than our competitors. Right? Be better and deeper, more strategically with our customers and partners so that we are helping them get to that future faster than ever before. Yeah. I'm seeing just a general acceleration of, from the CIOs that I work with and talk to. Uh, those application transformations, the greenfield in initiatives, looking at them and really trying to evaluate, you know, how do we accelerate them? How do we go cloud native faster? Um, which is great to see. And I think those are the things they now know they have to do. It's been a forcing function uh, for many of them. Uh, just in, in wrapping up, Pat, you alluded to this earlier, but I remember reading your book. Uh, many years ago, and I know you're a very uh, goal-oriented person. Uh, care to share any of your uh, key goals for the year? I know some of it's been travel-related in the past, so I'm assuming it, those might be uh, off the table for now or learning a language or something, but uh, be curious to hear what you're working on these days. And uh, Well, I think like everybody, you're sort of everybody's trying to survive. Of course, in this in this environment, right? I've called the uh, crisis, you know, triage, right? <laughs> and then it's the new normal, but the new opportunity. And with it, you know, it's very much in you know this idea of faster the future. How do I make sure that I've positioned my company, right, to be better positioned than ever before for our customers, for our employees, and uh, uh, in the marketplace in this period of time. And hey, you know, I just announced a big reorg last week, you know, uh, taking other steps to go do that. And I think as a leader, you know, people are looking at you more than ever in this period of time. And as I've said, uh, uh, you know, the three rules of uh, leading through a crisis, 
Uh, one is uh, communication, second is uh, empathy, and third is vision, right? And you, know, you communicate, you communicate, you communicate. I'm having three times the number of all company uh, meetings than I had before the crisis. Uh, you know, wow, you know, and I get all this super positive feedback. Oh, Pat, that was so compelling. I'm sort of, I thought it was sort of boring. I don't think it was that different than what I said we met last month, but right, you just communicate, communicate. One is people are struggling. And then you throw on that, uh, you know, the Minnesota situation, uh, the Hong Kong situation. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of agony uh, in the world and they're looking for their leaders to really demonstrate, uh, I'll say true empathy in this period of time. But finally, painting a picture to the future. Right. You know, they want to know you're going somewhere. Right. And I want to be part of your team because of the values, what I'm doing, who I'm working with. But I want to know that we're going somewhere that I care about. And to me, that's sort of, you know, this uh, period of time. And, you know, against that, uh, you know, some of my other goals, uh, you know, I do want to climb Kilimanjaro again. Um, one of my sons has said he wants to do that. We did that as a fundraiser. Eh, you know, it's probably going to get delayed a little bit. You know, we weren't going to do it in February of next year. It's going to get pushed out a little bit. Uh, I'm anxiously, uh, you know, I've started working on my next book. Uh, Eric, my wife, wants to take me on a writing week uh, sometime later this year just to go work on getting that done, much more of a business book. So that's in play. And, uh, you know, working with the charities that we're uh, deeply involved with. And uh, in a number of cases, boy, you know, they're being impacted pretty hard uh, yeah. in this period of time. But what's the opportunity for them uh, as well? And uh, really saying, how does this present those? So lots of those projects in way. And, uh, you know, it's uh, re really good to spend time with you and so appreciate you, the team at Ahead, and uh, your customers. And anxious to know when I can, you know, be back together, shake hands with you in person. But in the meantime, when can we go work together at some of your customers? Happy to do that. Yeah, well, thanks for joining today, Pat. I appreciate it. And thanks for being a great partner of ours. And we'll talk soon. Very good. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Looking Ahead, featuring Eric Kaplan. Looking Ahead is produced by Ahead, experts in delivering enterprise cloud infrastructure, intelligent operations, and modern applications. We build platforms for digital business. Learn more at thinkahead.com.